0: Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. I mean, where do you even start with a game like this? You know, like, do you start in the second half when things really turned around? They did a complete 180, or do you start in the first half or go over the entire game where the Giants looked like the worst team in football? They hadn't scored for six straight quarters to start the year. Like, it's such a weird game to react to, but nonetheless, the Giants saved their season pretty much going one and one. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 31-28, and they were down 20 to nothing at one point had an amazing second half they put up 14 in the third 17 in the fourth and Arizona only scored 8 points total in the second half so to start out the game Arizona had everything going for them they did miss a field goal on their first drive but after that Arizona's offense was awesome we're all wondering what the hell's going on with Wink Martindale and why is there no pressure and why is the you know secondary not covering these receivers and why is James Conner breaking so many tackles But at a point in the second half, probably around like the mid-third quarter or so, it seemed like Arizona's offense was out of tricks. Like, they had no idea what to do. The Giants' defense all of a sudden became very dominant. And that pretty much changed the entire game. Now, the thing that changed the game the most was the Giants offense in the second half because obviously in the first half getting shut out they had pretty much nothing going on offense I mean Jones's stats were not that good Saquon's stats were not that good um, I think Waller might have had one or two catches at halftime there wasn't much going on in the second half though they open up with the deep ball to Jalen Hyatt and from that point forward the Giants offense looked unstoppable like This is Jonathan Gannon, who was the Eagles' defensive coordinator last year, who gave the Giants offense fits. But of course, with this roster in uh, Arizona, things are much different. And they had no answers in the second half. Like, it felt like in the fourth quarter, by the time that came around, that the Cardinals had no answer for anything the Giants were going to do offensively. There was, like, I just had the most confidence they were going to just go down the field at will and just score when they want to because Arizona. Was just out of answers. Like, there was nothing they could have done. The Giants' offensive line, despite missing by far their best offensive lineman, Andrew Thomas, held up very nicely, especially in the second half. So that worked. Jones looked tremendous in the second half. That was Daniel Jones' best half of football, and uh, probably since the Minnesota game. I know it's not that long ago, but like, he looked amazing in the second half. So that was good to see. Um, I guess the one downside, maybe two, of course, was Saquon getting hurt in the late fourth quarter the Giants play on Thursday. So I highly doubt he plays unless it's like completely like a fake injury, but I don't think that's the case. It seems like it's something that, you know, might take a week or maybe more. Um, hopefully with a a longer week coming up, you know, he'll have 10 days to recover after Thursday, hopefully by week four, he can be back, but it looked pretty bad. So I don't know. Um, the other bad part though, was that, you were down 20 to nothing to the Arizona Cardinals. Like that's the bad part. Um, now there were rumors that Brian Deville was calling plays in the second half in the post game presser. He denied it. You know, he basically said like, yeah, I, you know, I talked to, to Mike, Mike Kafka, uh, about certain plays and whatnot, but he gave Mike Kafka the credit in the second half. So I don't know. I, I have no idea what to expect there or what to think. Um, like maybe he wants to give Mike Kafka a lot of credit because this is the Arizona Cardinals who interviewed Mike Kafka twice for a head coaching job. Maybe he wants to give Kafka most of the credit. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if it's like a 3D chess type thing, whatever. But um, whatever happened in the second half with play calling, it was much different. The offense looked way more vertical. They did take one deep shot in the first half. Slayton was kind of underthrown by Jones. But in the second half, there were a lot of deep passes, passes over 20 yards. Things that, as Giants fans, we have been starving for, which we don't get usually. But in this game in particular, a lot of deep shots, especially in the second half. So I did love to see that. So I was rambling there for sure. But let's go in order. We'll start with the offense as always. Um, First half, there's really not much to say. It just got off to such a slow start um joshie zuda had a false start on the very first play of the game which you just obviously can't have that saquon did not have a carry on the first drive which pissed me off they got in a third and two situation um they passed again it was incomplete they had a punt it was like come on like this was the game to you know give saquon a bunch of carries he ended with 17 which is like, okay, I thought he'd get like 20-plus. He did leave early-ish, you know, fourth quarter, late fourth quarter. So I'll cut them some slack, but it did work out anyway. I mean, Jones was, once again, tremendous in the second half. But a lot of mistakes offensively in the first half. Um, You know, you had a third and four where uh, it was this giant second drive, and Darren Waller was the guy that Jones was looking for. He ran into Sterling Shepard on a crosser. That, of course, you don't want to see. You know, that kind of sucked. On the third drive... Jones hit Waller over in the middle, which would have been like an 8-9 yard gain. He got blown up. Ball got knocked away, so incomplete. The second one, second play was thrown behind Waller, so that was incomplete. And then on third down, it was a dump off to Saquon, so another 3 and out. Then right after that, you had the drive where Jones overthrew Slayton, or not overthrew, underthrew Slayton down the left sideline. And then like the very next play, Saquon had the ball hit off his hands. Jones hit him right in the chest. It hit off Saquon's hands, pops into a Cardinals defender's hands, intercepted. So at that point, you're like, what the hell is going on? This is like this is like the worst offensive football. But of course, they got things going. As I mentioned before, first play out the half was a bomb to Jalen Hyatt for 58 yards. Jones ran a read option with Saquon. He kept it, ran it in for like 15 or so yards. The Giants scored their first points of the season, finally, in the third quarter of the second game. And then to make matters worse, Ben Bredesen leaves the game in the third quarter with a concussion. So now the Giants offensive line was down to Josh Izuda at left tackle, Mark Lewinsky at left guard, you had John Michael Schmitz at center, uh, Marcus McKeithen at right guard, and then Evan Neal at right tackle, which is like, you just don't want to see that. It's not like the Cardinals have the best offensive line, of course. Like, if this was Dallas we were playing, we probably would have been screwed. But against a team like this, you can probably get away with that. And I kind of made a point like that in one of my tweets. I'll try and find that real quickly. Um, I tweeted something earlier that, like, nine times out of ten in a game where the Giants were down by three possessions, I would say it's over. But this is the Cardinals, and that's pretty much what I tweeted there. So I'm like, it feels like it's over. But due to the opponent, and I don't want to like disrespect the Cardinals too badly. They had a great first half. But due to the opponent, you have a chance to come back in this game. And just something, like, the Giants had a lot of life put into them in the second half. Whatever Brian Dable said at halftime worked. Whatever adjustments they made at halftime worked. And hopefully that was more of, like, a emphasis on a vertical passing game, which seemed to be the focus. On the Giants' next touchdown drive, there was the play where there was the late hit on Jones The Giants had, you know, first in goal. Saquon scores a touchdown, rushing that in. Later, you had the Saquon receiving touchdown to make it 21-28. They were going to go for two on that possession. It was 20-28. They were going to go for two, but I believe they either had a false start or a delay of game. I probably wrote it down somewhere. False start, I wrote down. So false start, they had to go for the extra point, made it 21-28, which is fine. But the uh, analytics will tell you in that position down 14 to go for two the first time. Why? I don't know. I'm trying to think why that's the case. I'm sure you guys probably know by now anyway. But for some reason, the analytics tell you to go for two in that situation. But the Giants, due to their false start or delay of game, had to kick the extra point. But that made it 21-28. On the Giants' drive to tie the game, there was the 30-yard catch by Jalen Hyatt. Another great throw by Jones. And Hyatt, Hyatt pointed the ball very well. So I feel like Hyatt is just one of those guys you have to get more reps to. Like, I have not been that impressed with... Um, almost said like Calais Campbell with Paris Campbell um you know he's had his moments I think he had a drop in this game I don't know if it was a drop he was hit hard after the uh ball got to him but you know a guy like Jalen Hyatt has so much upside he's a field stretcher like I just want to play him more you know I feel like Hodgins has had his moments he caught the game tying touchdown you know Jones threaded the needle there for um for Hodgins so that was good to see So, of course, they tie the game. Defense, once again, they step up. Arizona had back-to-back false starts on 3rd and six, and then 3rd and eleven. So, of course, they just dumped it off. 3 and out for Arizona once again. And at that point, you just knew. Like, I knew as long as the Giants didn't beat themselves with, like, a dumb turnover or, like, a muffed punt or something, they were going to win this game. Like, it just felt like Arizona was lifeless and they just pretty much had felt defeated by that point. And luckily for the Giants, not many mistakes. Uh, Jones had that great throw to Slayton on the comeback. Um, A little risky of a throw, but it got there and a good catch by Slayton. Saquon then injures his ankle, but by that point, they were already in field goal range. So, of course, Graham Gano steps in, 34-yarder. Game winner puts him up 31-28. Josh Dobbs went for the Hail Mary. It did not reach the end zone. So... That's the end of that one. Uh, if you watched the Denver game today, Denver's Hail Mary reached the end zone. Of course, they did not convert to two-point conversion, so they lost, but um, Hail Mary's against the Giants scare me. I still think about Aaron Rodgers' 20, uh, 2016 playoff game, so... That kind of stuff scares me but overall the numbers for jones looked pretty good 26 of 37 that's a great percentage uh, 321 passing yards two rushing touchdowns one interception that's not his fault he also had 59 rushing yards one rushing touchdown on nine carries that's 6.6 yards per carry saquon was 17 carry 63 yards 3.7 per carry and a touchdown the giants leading a receiver was Jalen Hyatt on two catches. That's the kind of receiver he is, averaging 44.5 per reception in this game. Two catches, 89 yards. Darren Waller had six for 76. That was good to see. Waller had a good drive. I think it was maybe the late third or something. He had a really good drive, Waller, with like three catches on it. Slayton had 62 yards, 3 catches. Hodgins, 40 yards on 4 catches and a receiving touchdown. Of course, Saquon had the receiving touchdown as well. 6 catches, 29 yards for him. And Paris Campbell, only 21 receiving yards on 4 catches. Sterling Shepard got himself 1 catch for 4 yards. And as I said, the offensive line, I mean, it wasn't that bad. You do have to keep in mind who your opponent is. I mean, that definitely comes into question with a game like this. Like, I don't think they can roll out this offensive line. Um, against san francisco and expect the same results that'd be kind of foolish my gut tells me andrew thomas plays on thursday but i don't know it seemed like he was close to playing today so i'm hoping with an extra four days of rest here we can get him out there for thursday night and they definitely need him so we'll see what the offensive line unit is going forward people have their suggestions now i'm assuming with bredesen having a concussion he's not going to be cleared by thursday especially now after the whole tua situation last year or was that two years ago no it was last year um you know they're a lot more cautious when it comes to concussions and it's very rare that a guy will play the week after getting one especially on a short week so I don't expect Ben Bredesen so you think about what offensive line can the Giants put out there of course I would love to see a healthy Andrew Thomas that's what I'm hoping for do you put Glowinski at left guard again like that's possible he doesn't have the most experience there especially recently but It seemed like it was something that was working in the second half of this game once he came in for Bredesen. So maybe you do that. Of course, JMS stays at center. McKeithen at right guard seemed like it was working. I would stick with that. And, of course, Evan Neal still at right tackle, which, you know, he had maybe a couple bad moments in this game. A false start as well. That was actually a big one. There was a false start on Evan Neal on a third-and-goal play, I think, and I forget what happened after that. They scored, of course, but, like, it was a pretty crucial situation for a uh, false start. But, yeah, I would keep putting Evan Neal out there. It has not been that bad yet to the point where he's unplayable. He's still a guy we invested a, you know, top 10 10 pick in last year, so you want to give him more time. But against a tough defense next week in San Francisco, you know, I don't know what to expect. But it's not like the Giants have that many great options behind him anyway, so... If it were me, I'm going to roll them out there, see what Evan Neal does against San Francisco. But, yeah, for the offense, it's good to see. The Giants had one game last year where they scored over 30 points, Um, regular season-wise at least. I believe it was the Colts game. Um, Did they score over 30 in the Viking playoff game? I'm trying to think. I don't know if they did. It might have been like 28-21 or something, 28-20, whatever the hell the score was. But, yeah, the Giants do not see over 30 points very often. So, for that to happen and for it to pretty much all be in the second half, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So, that was good to see. Hopefully, some of those good offensive habits carry over into the second half. If that happens, of course, there is a chance they can compete with San Francisco. And that's all we have to hope for right now, not having Saquon. We'll make it very tough. It puts a lot more on Daniel Jones's shoulders, but hey, the passing game looked great today. Hopefully, they can keep that going in week number three. Defensively for this team, it was a weird game. There were no turnovers, not even a sack. It was just kind of odd. Like you figured, with Arizona's offensive line not being good and the Giants, you know, having good interior defensive linemen. Leonard Williams and uh, Dexter Lawrence, you would think in a game like this against a Josh Dobbs type quarterback that they would have some success and and get more sacks. But especially in the first half, Dobbs had a lot of time to throw. But in the second half, when the Giants offense turned it on, that's when the Giants defense turned it on. I think the Giants defense may have taken one or two extra drives to get, you know, on sync with the offense and, and start playing much better. Because I remember there was the dumb play with uh, O'Karake where he got the uh, roughing the passer and some other stuff happened. But by the mid-third quarter or so, the Giants' defense started playing much better. And by the fourth quarter, as I said before, it just seemed like Arizona ran out of answers for the Giants' defense. And it wasn't like the Giants, as I said, there were no turnovers, no sacks, but... It seemed like they were constantly in the backfield. They were not allowing James Conner to beat them in the second half, which was a big problem in the first half. Conner overall had 23 carries for 106 yards, 4.6 to carry, and one rushing touchdown. Joshua Dobbs on the ground had three carries for 41 yards, had the big touchdown run as well. But James Conner had some nice runs where he was breaking tackles and looked like Derrick Henry out there. And he's a good back, but like... They made him look better than he is, let's be honest. Uh, Zach Ertz, the Giants killer. He came through as always. Six catches for 56 yards. Could have had a touchdown on the first drive, but Dobbs kind of overthrew him. So that is what it is. Michael Wilson at 56 yards. um, Marquise Brown, 54 and a touchdown. Trey McBride at 32. Um, But yeah, I mean, there were some mistakes, of course, in the secondary. Guys left open and just too many plays in the first half where... Joshua Dobbs had too much time to throw, and that's just unacceptable against an offensive line like this. Like, they had to find ways to get pressure. I saw a Jordan Ronan tweet saying that Kayvon Thibodeau had no pressures, no tackles, no tackles for loss in the first half, and it was just, it was rough because, you know, this was a game where a guy like Kayvon had to show out, and we didn't really see much of that, especially in the first half. Jason Pinnock made some plays. He had an interception. Um, unfortunately, it was overturned because, not overturned, but there was a flag because O'Karake decided to pretty much close line Zach Ertz and therefore there was pass interference called or defensive holding. And that didn't stand. But, yeah, I feel like Jason Pinnock, he might have had a couple bad moments. But for the most part, he looks pretty good. So I feel like Pinnock played well. Um, Okarake made plays in the fourth quarter. But the first half especially, I was not impressed. And he had a couple dumb penalties once again. The pass interference that negated the interception. And there was the roughing the passer as well. So some stupid plays by him. I remember Micah McFadden was the um, recipient of a screenplay. He was supposed to be guarding... Uh, you know, Marquise Brown, I believe in the flat, which I don't know why they're on each other anyway, but, um, he got picked and Marquise Brown was left open for a touchdown, but you know, overall not a bad game from him. I feel like Deontay Banks, like, you know, it wasn't terrible. Dexter Lawrence had his moments and guys like Leonard Williams and Kayvon, like they just gave us nothing today. Let's be honest. I don't think Kayvon recorded the stat. He didn't, And I'm looking for Leonard Williams. He's not here either. I don't think either guy recorded a stat, which is like, how the hell do you do that and play as much as they do? Like, that's pretty embarrassing. So, like, for how much you pay Leonard Williams, which I get is the previous GM's fault, and it is what it is, but Williams gave us nothing today. Kayvon, in a game where he should have had success, he gave us nothing either. So just disappointing from those two guys. Um, I'm trying to think who's more disappointing because, like, one guy makes a ton of money. The other guy was taking fifth overall last year, so I feel like I'm more disappointed with Kayvon because his ceiling's definitely higher at this point in his career. He's just younger, and I feel like the expectations are higher in year two, so I don't know. I just feel like Leonard Williams is just collecting checks at this point, but it is what it is. At the same time, I feel like Arizona's offense became pretty predictable. Like, they just came out in the first half, and the Giants looked unprepared once again, which is a coaching problem. But in the second half, it's like they knew what was coming. They knew what they wanted to go to, and they did not let it happen. So, you know, the defense adjusted. They looked better. Um, Do I feel confident about them next week in in San Francisco? No, I don't. If you're getting no pressure on Brock Purdy, I mean, as much as I don't think Purdy's amazing, he will definitely find the open guy. Like, that's just what he'll do. And McCaffrey looks amazing, too. Like, if, you know, James Conner's having this game against you, McCaffrey's going to be even better, probably. So... That's concerning. And as I said, you can get away with that against a team like this. Like, they're not that good. But a team like San Fran or even Seattle, who had a nice upset win today in Detroit. um, Buffalo came back to life today winning 38-10 versus Las Vegas. Uh, Miami's on right now as I'm watching them. But, like, you have tougher teams coming up. So some of the stuff you got away with today, it's not going to work, you know, against better teams. But if their offense plays in the second half of today's game – you know, more uh, more frequently than they should be fine. Like, I think that offense is good enough. So how much of that was Arizona's defense? How much of that was the offensive line being better? And, and Jones getting his head out of his ass and seeing the field better, uh, the receivers getting open. Like, there, there's a lot of nuance to it, of course. But I will say, I am looking forward to the offense because it did look much better. Um, you know, it's funny. Six quarters in, so halftime of this game, it's like fans were just going crazy. And I don't blame them. I really don't. I feel like... You don't see a team start that badly. I mean, they they were outscored sixty to nothing at one point. If you if you compared last week and half of this game from today, they were outscored sixty to nothing to start the year. So just horrible. Their point differential on the season is still not good. It's tough to make up after a forty to nothing loss. So while Thursday's gonna be an uphill battle, and I did look before the game that the Giants are I think they were nine and a half point dogs, which is like (laughs) you don't win many of those games. Um I feel like going forward, there's going to be, like, I feel like the game against the Seattle Seahawks will give us a really good, you know, just feel for how good this team actually is, because Seattle, like the Giants, were a team last year that was not expected to do much, and they're off to a one-on-one start now, like the Giants. So that game, which I believe is in two weeks, I'm more interested in that, because it's like, that's really going to show us where this team is at. If they somehow compete and win on Thursday, that's fantastic. I just don't expect it. I think San Fran is probably the best team in this conference. Like Philly, as we know, has not looked as sharp as they have last year on offense. So maybe like Shane Steichen leaving is part of the issue. Um, You know, the Cowboys look great, but they played us. And you know how we looked on last Sunday night. And they played the Jets and Zach Wilson, who had three interceptions today. So, you know. I don't know what you take away from that. But right now, as I look on DraftKings, they actually dropped. It's a plus 10. So now they're 10-point dogs in San Francisco. Um, It's going to take, you know, pretty much a miracle to win that game, especially with Saquon out. But we'll see what happens. It's definitely possible. But, yeah, this was a game where... um I have not seen many of these. I think, you know, there are definitely some records from this game. I think I screenshotted some. This was the Giants' first comeback of 21 or more points since October 30th of 1949. Who remembers those days? Against the Chicago Cardinals. Who the hell are they? And their last comeback and win of 20-plus points was November 19th of 1950 versus the Baltimore Colts. So, uh, crazy stuff there. This is a game you don't see very often. As I said, like when it was 20 nothing, I didn't think it was totally over, like nail in the coffin type stuff, but I, you know, the odds were against you. For how bad the offense looked, they looked inept. The defense looked like they had no pressure and we're going to let Josh Dobbs carve them up all day, which is embarrassing. Um, but once they made it 28 to 14, it started to feel like, hey, like this is this is really possible. Like they could do this, and luckily the defense kept stepping up. Luckily Jones kept making big throws, and the offensive line gave him enough time. So it was great to see. And if they can keep that momentum going in San Francisco, I mean, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. It's Any given Sunday, well Thursday in this case, and we'll see what happens there. It's funny how quickly things can change. In the first half, you had fans. Just going crazy about, oh, $160 million, this guy's a moron, blah, blah, blah. Talking about Joe Shane. And now it's just like, hey, like that's a great win. Awesome comeback. And you know we'll see what happens Thursday. I mean, that's, that's a big test. And I'm looking forward to it already. So we'll see what happens then. But, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the video. Leave in the comments how you feel about this game. It was good to see. It was definitely like losing to a team like that. Like, how do you even respond to that? Like, what do you even do at that point? Like, if you lose to Arizona who can you beat? You know, like if they played in the second half, like they did the first half and just laid down and died. I mean, that would have been rough. And I don't know how a team bounces back from that. So at least now my 2016 and, and 20, not 2016, 2017 and 2021 PTSD as a Giants fans kind of going away because they got that win. But if they lost this one too, I would have been saying, I said this in the pre, uh, the preview video for this game as well. But this would have felt like year two McAdoo, year two Judge, like if they lost a game like this and happened to play uh, San Fran on Thursday and probably go 0 three at that point, it would have felt like, uh, you know, like, hey, this is really going bad quickly. It's getting off the rails. And what happens now? And I I, I really do think um, Brian Dable's is a great coach, so I don't expect that to happen and getting this win hopefully will put them in the right direction as it's now 10-0 Miami. So, yeah, they're going to be tough to beat this year. They're, they're good with Tua. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.